Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. Well, John, as we're cruising on through July here, boy, a lot's happening. Yeah, you know, a lot yeah. going on. Did you see that? You saw that launch this I week. I did. That was incredible. I was I was um, fascinated. It was my hands were sweaty because just watching the speed and the altitude and it's like, man, they're they're they yeah, have no turning back. And I these mean, are like ordinary dudes that yeah. are up there. You know, well, I say that Jeff Bezos obviously yeah. being there, but still, I mean, you know, they 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 they're not doing anything. They're just sitting. They're passengers on this yeah. robotic. You know, spacecraft uh, from Blue Origin, and uh, like eleven minutes, got up to like yeah. twenty five hundred miles an hour. Yeah, and, and the technology. I watched it when they landed the, um, you know, both the capsule as well as the um, the, the fuselage, if you will. Right. And it was they landed it perfectly. It didn't come crashing in the ocean it, or anything like it that. It was impressive the the fact that it was all controlled by you Te- know the computer. Yeah. And it all got back to Earth without any problem and landed and and yeah, that was just it's amazing it, to see the technology. I that's going to be a thing. And he wants to commercialize it, and he says he has $100 million in orders. And I'm just thinking, like, capitalism is like, you know, the technology, we just don't know what's next. And um, that's the way capitalism works. And, yeah, you know, no it's, a, it's, a, it's a positive thing, I think, for uh, for mankind, you know, yeah, when you start a, looking at that. Absolutely. That was a cool happening this week. And, uh, yeah, the Open Championship finished up. Colin yeah. Morikawi, I guess his name, uh, Yeah, that's that. pretty incredible. That was, Pretty incredible too, but um, and another uh, another week closer to football. <laughs> it's counting down. We're, we're marching on. We're through, down here through July here, no <laughs> doubt. And uh, you know, and and speaking of marching on and just some exciting things, we have interesting show today. Um, we're gonna start talking. We're gonna start off talking about how to become a four hundred one k millionaire. Mm. You know, how do you get to a million dollars in your four hundred one k plan? You know, most people can't imagine that, particularly young people. Um, you know, how would you ever get that much money in there? Well, it's very doable and, and it's necessary for a lot of people. So we're going to talk about the steps to get you there. What are the, some things you could do to make sure that you become a 401k millionaire? Yeah, and then we're also going to t- uh, dive into a topic of debt consolidation. There's a lot of companies out there that offer that. It sounds very enticing. When you look at the, um, you know, kind of the headlines associated with it, but dive into the details a little bit. And there's um, there's some things that you need to understand before you do debt consolidation. It's not a uh, it's not a solution that that we generally recommend. And uh, there's some reasons for that. We'll, we'll cover that in uh, in the second topic. Yeah, that's really important to understand that. Um, by the way, I'm Steve Marbert. I'm a certified financial planner and a Dave Ramsey Smart Investor Pro with over 26 years of experience in providing financial planning and investment advice. And I'm John Travis. I'm a Dave Ramsey Certified Counselor. I have an MBA in finance and have been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 28 years. We're excited to have you listen to us today on our weekly show. Our podcast are up every Friday morning, actually. Yeah, go check it out. Website. You can go uh, listen to the podcast when it comes out. You can obviously download it on your your smartphone, and uh, we have the inventory of you know hundreds of these going back a couple of years now that you can uh, check out. We also have a, a good website, moneymd.net, a lot of tools out there, and a, a Facebook page. And I'll tell you, if you if you don't look at the Facebook page, we put a prescription of the week out there. Go check out this week's 
Uh, we've got one of our talented uh, um, uh, staff members here that's doing this, uh, Sarah Hensley, and uh, she's just she's funny. She's very entertaining. <laughs> yeah, she's no very doubt. talented. So you'll enjoy that one. That's right. And you can link to us there on our website, moneymd.net, where you can send us your questions. We'll talk about those right here on the show, so we'd love to hear from you. All right, we're going to start off here with the financial fact of the week. Yeah, this is uh, this is interesting. Um, you know, I came across this, and it talks about Medicare and Medicaid. Um, and Medicare covers uh, 61 million uh, Americans. You've got to be 65 years old typically to, to get that. And Medicaid is is for low income Americans, and that covers about 74 million uh, Americans. So 61 mm-hmm. million Americans on Medicare and 74 million on Medicaid. And uh, you know, Steve, that's a lot of people, and there, there's a it reason is. why this, those programs are in trouble. Yeah, that's a third, uh, over a third of the population. Yes, of the entire U.S. Those two I mean, programs. That's a lot of people on those programs. Yeah, I mean, you know, in Medicaid, they don't pay hardly anything for that, basically. You know, Medicare, of course, we pay into it. Sure. And, uh, you know, you do pay a little some premiums there. So, uh, but very expensive programs. Um, but you need to understand how Medicare works if you're getting, you know, eventually you're going to be on Medicare. Yes. So. Uh, 65. That's a really important program. But uh, interesting fact of the week, though. It's a lot of folks, no doubt. All right, and that leads us up here to our first topic, and that is how to become a 401k millionaire. Um, John, yeah, I mean, this is really, really important. By the way, this is from an article, a Smart Asset, very recently. Stephanie Colstock um, wrote this, and uh, it's based on that anyway. But, you know, the number of 401k and IRA millionaires, John, has reached an all-time high in the first quarter this year, according to Fidelity. Um, with, you know, balances steadily recovering from COVID last year. And even they've surpassed that level now um, from last year. And so today, more than 365,000 Fidelity investors, they say, um, have a seven-figure balance, over a million dollars, along with another uh, 307,000 IRA millionaires. So just a fidelity alone, you know, that's that's quite a few people. You yeah, know, over six hundred. Yeah, almost seven hundred thousand people. Exactly. Impressive. So very doable. You know, you should be one of those people um, to have over a million dollars. And so a well-funded though retirement account obviously goes a long way to afford you the financial security that you've dreamed about in retirement, and it's a major component to your financial overall financial success. Um, of course, to become a four hundred one k millionaire. You know, there are several key steps you need to follow to maximize your opportunity to retire with seven figures. And, of course, there's no guarantee that following these steps will turn you into a millionaire, but it's unlikely that you're going to reach that level without making a number of these moves. Yeah, the first one is is, is start early. I mean, this is one of the most important factors. And, you know, if you're, if you're not 25 and listening to this, you probably know someone who is 25. So you need to share this information right. uh, with them. Have them listen to the podcast. Um, you know, this, this is a really big deal. Obviously, the earlier you start contributing to a 401k uh, the longer your money has to grow and the greater your returns can compound and multiply over time. So by starting your retirement savings early, as early as possible, you will increase your chances of becoming a 401k millionaire and uh, successfully, you know, funding your retirement. So, um, but, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, late starting retirement savings, can you still do that? I mean, you still have a chance. It really depends on how much you, you save each year and how much you have, um, how many more years you have before retirement. But starting today is, is still better than tomorrow or a year or two from now. So 
Um, you got to be aggressive saving and, uh, you know, the allocations as well. You got to, you know, make sure you're on the aggressive side of that to, uh, to hit some of your goals. Yeah, that's right. That's a great first step. Starting early is, is definitely the, probably the biggest key. The other one though, is to calculate what you need, you know, and make sure you're putting the right amount in because saving a million dollars for retirement is an exciting goal, but it's not necessarily the right goal for funding your, your, your future lifestyle. Um, odds are your current spending habits and your budget, you know, differ from your friends and your coworkers. I mean, your resources and your plans um, <clears throat> are going to differ as well, you know. So some people, I mean, they plan to enter retirement debt-free. Um, hopefully you do too. Everybody should should mm-hmm. plan for that, you know. But, um, but spending their years gardening maybe or visiting grandkids might be their idea of a great retirement. But other people want to travel the world, you know, or, or buy their dream home at the beach, fact i met with a lady just yesterday who mentioned you know her dream was to travel internationally you know in retirement um so her retirement budget's likely going to have to be more significantly more than someone who simply wants to work in their garden you know so your plans make a big difference in how much you need to save and it's important that you spend time deciding what you want to do in retirement what that looks like and how much that's really going to cost um, and what your other resources are going to be to support that those goals. I mean, in some cases, you may not need a million dollars, especially if you have a significant pension along with Social Security. But for others, and for most young people today, I mean, having a million dollars in your 401k won't even be enough. You know, you're going to need more than a million dollars So for a lot of people. So set your retirement goals accordingly and, and you know, make sure you're, you're funding it properly to support that retirement dream, you need to calculate what you really need. And it may be a lot more than a million. You never know um, until you do the calculations, run the numbers and then contribute regularly to it. That's another key. I mean, one of the great things about, you know, a workplace 401k plan from your employer is that your contributions can be automated. You know, your employer can take the funds right out of your paycheck before you ever see it hit your account Um and that can ensure that you're paying yourself first every single month to meet your future goals. But in some cases, um, though, I mean, your retirement savings may not be automated. So if you're a small business owner, for example, maybe you have a SEP IRA or a simple IRA, um, you know, in that case, you're going to be responsible for setting up your own contributions and, and making sure that you meet your savings goals every month. So be sure whatever your savings vehicle is that you and whatever one you choose that you're contributing regularly to it and consistently to it because that is a huge key to getting to a million dollars. Yeah, another thing that we see people doing um, is you know investing uh, the maximum amount allowed in four hundred one ks and also taking advantage of the match. So. Uh, the more you save, the more you're going to have in, in retirement, and, and you'll have a better chance of meeting your goals. And uh, so whether you want to be a 401k millionaire or, or maybe an early retirement, we see people coming to us with those those goals sometimes. Um, you know, Saving the maximum that you can afford each month will, will get you there. And you want to make sure you get the match. I mean, that's free money. Um, so you have to make sure you at least contribute that to get the match. And so if you look at the limits for 401ks for 2021, it's $19,500 if you're under the age of 50 and there's a $6,500 catch-up contribution. So if you're over the age of 50, you can contribute $26,000 and then you had the match on top of that. So that's a great way if you're able to do that 
to, to reach that millionaire uh, 401k goal, if that is something that you're looking for. So, you know, try to max it out if you can. If you can't, um, you know, try to get up to 15% of your income. Um, and, uh, you know, if you can't do that, then just start at a, a certain level. Maybe it's 1% and increase that by uh, a certain amount, maybe one or 2% a year up until you get there. But yeah, I mean, we see people that come in with, with, you know, million dollar 401ks and have IRAs with us as well that have done a lot of these steps. And that's one of them. They've saved well. Yeah, absolutely. That's a key. Um, another key though, John, is to invest in the stock market. Um, you know, I mean, your employer 401k plan is going to have a lot of investment options, there um but you need to do your research and make sure that you're putting the majority of your money in stock funds which are well diversified over a lot of different asset classes i mean stocks have returned over 10 percent per year for the past 80 years while most fixed income investments have returned something more like four percent per year yeah not recently <laughs> not recently and they're, they're a lot less than that recently yeah, yeah. yeah. so i mean Consider your risk tolerance and when you plan to retire and maintain at least 60% in stocks until maybe you're within like five years of retirement. And the further you are from retirement, the more risk you can afford, um, which will afford you higher potential returns. So, you know, divide your allocation, you know, fairly evenly between large, small value growth stocks. Also, be sure to include maybe 20 to 30 percent of your stock allocation to international stocks, including emerging markets, and then set up automatic rebalancing in your portfolio every quarter if that's available. That is very important to have it rebalanced routinely and consider using a target date retirement fund if you're if it's available and you don't want to create your own allocation. Um, That's a simple way to do it. But either way, you want to make sure you have at least 60% of your portfolio in stocks. I believe that's critical for folks all the way up to retirement. And, you know, if you're 10 years or more from retirement, you can afford time-wise to have 100% of your money in stocks. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be a key to getting you to a million dollars is investing in the stock market. And and not trying to time the market. We see people that time the market and... It, it does, just doesn't work. doesn't work out usually. That's exactly right. Yeah. So, um, but if you have a new job, um, another key is to roll over the funds. Don't just orphan those funds that are in that old plan. You know, each employer, they'll offer their own retirement plan options. So when you change jobs, you may be offered, you know, a managed plan with your new employer, which may be better, <clears throat> you know, than the plans um, that that's currently holding your funds. Um but you have three primary options whenever for your existing 401k savings when you change jobs. You can leave it where it's at with your old 401k plan. You can roll over to a new employer plan, um, or you can roll the funds into an IRA. Um, you know, the first route to consider is rolling your money to an outside new IRA. Um, that's likely your best choice if you if you have a significant balance. Um, an IRA will give you more flexibility with your investment choices. Um, you can you can get professional management in an IRA. It's also going to give you better access to your money when you do retire. Um, but the second option is to simply uh, roll your funds into the new employer's plans. And I'd say if you have less than twenty thousand dollars, that that might be a good option um, to look at rolling it into you know the the new plan that you have. But you want to make sure they have a good assortment of low cost funds. And if so, that that might be the best move. 
Yeah, another thing, another factor that uh, allows um, people to reach this 401k millionaire status is they, they leave the money alone. They don't touch it. They don't pull it out. Um, you know, their early withdrawals um, can will derail, derail the progress exponentially. Uh, and you can also be subject to penalties and fees. So 401k loans are, are rare, rarely repaid in full and always pull investments out of the market. Um, and it limits your progress towards, you know, successful retirement. So, you know, there's other alternatives out there. I'll, I'll say that Dave, the only uh, Dave Ramsey um, recommends pulling out of a 401k is if you're going to, your house is going to be foreclosed on. So it should be a last resort. You just need to leave it alone, let it do its thing over time. And uh, that's how one, one way people have reached that millionaire status. Absolutely. Yeah. Letting it do its thing over many, many years is, is the key. One of the big keys to reaching that that goal. And, you know, along with your 401k plan, though, you don't forget other retirement vehicles. Um, while 401k is the most retire, obviously the most popular retirement option, it's not the only one. And depending on your saving strategy and how much you're able to save, you may want to consider spreading your retirement efforts out over a variety of, of savings avenues like Roth IRAs. Um, the Roth IRA could afford you more flexibility to manage your tax situation after you retire. And a Roth is a great way to build up tax-free retirement, a retirement nest egg that's going to give you some ability to control your taxes once you retire. Um, you may also choose to focus on an, on an after-tax investment portfolio, and that would really maximize your flexibility so you can use that money for kids' college or anything else that comes up. Um, but these outside accounts, they're going to give you access to investment funds or asset classes that your employer plan probably doesn't offer. So don't forget, you know, to to go beyond your 401k plan and invest outside as well, you know, once you're able to do that. But the bottom line is, you know, saving for retirement is a decades-long journey, whether you're aiming for a seven-figure retirement balance um, or just to retire comfortably. Of course, there's no guarantee that following these steps is going to turn you into a 401k millionaire, but following them certainly will give you a better chance of reaching your retirement goals and gaining the financial security you're looking for for your golden years. Very good. I like it. All right. There you go. And that leads us up here to our question of the week. This question is, uh, I'm a business owner and about to start hiring um, help, and I'm not sure if I should hire employees, so W-2 folks, or contractors, which would be a 1099, and it just basically says, "Any, any thoughts? And uh, certainly, um, you know, there's, there's more, more costs with W2 employees. You, you have sure. the employer, um, social security, social security. And Medicare piece of it. Uh, you know, if you offer a plan, then you're going to have some matching, you know, costs associated with it. Um, and there's also a lot of other costs with employees, but sure. they're also permanent. And, um, so it really depends on the business. If you need flexibility, then t- a 1099 contractor, you could let them go at any time pretty easy. Um, and that's what they kind of expect. I mean, there's flexibility in the, the 1099 um, contractors out there. So it just depends on the business and what type of business it is. Yeah, I mean, what I normally see is, you know, employees that are part-time might be 1099 employees. They don't expect you to, you know, give them a bunch of benefits and and to cover their Social Security and Medicare taxes for the employer's portion. Um, but most employees want to be W-2 employees because mm-hmm. they don't want to have to pay their own you know, withholding. They don't want to have to do quarterly estimated payments to the IRS for for Social Security, Medicare taxes. So, 
you know, if you really want to retain employees and you want to be happy and, and you're trying to build up, you know, a decent size employee base, then then I would say do W-2. If you're if it's just a part time employee, this may be temporary, then 1099 makes a lot of sense. Yep. So, all right, good question of the week. And that leads us up here to our next topic, and that is the truth about debt consolidation. Yeah, this this comes from the Ramsey organization. Uh, really good uh, deep dive into this. And, you know, when you're stuck in, in uh, credit card debt, student loan payments, uh, medical bills, it's it's hard sometimes to stay above water. So you're probably looking for a life preserver, and, and you've heard of different methods out there like uh, debt consolidation and transferring balances, refinancing, things like that. And and so we know that, you know, that's certainly um, a fearful place to be, but uh, you need to know the truth about debt consolidation. You know, there's a lot of schemes uh, from some of these companies who claim, um, you know, to help you, but they're they're really just to, to, to make a profit. And um, there is hope out there, and there's a way to get through this, but the debt consolidation, there's a lot of um, landmines in there. And so, the, the first question is, is what is debt consolidation? You may have heard that term, and it's, it's really just the process of combining several debts into one monthly bill uh, on a streamlined payoff plan. So it sounds very appealing on the front end, Steve. Uh, maybe you have five or six or seven different bills that you're paying, mm-hmm. and uh, this combines it into one bill, and you have one payment that's going out every single month, and you have a certain time frame associated with it. But there's some issues with, with the way this is done typically in the industry. Yeah, that's right. I mean, there are a few things you need to understand before you decide to go consolidate all your debts. Not to say that debt consolidation is not, you shouldn't do that, but um, but just recognize what you're doing. I mean, debt consolidation offers a lower monthly payment sometimes because you have an extended repayment plan. You know, if you go through a debt consolidation agency or something, you know, that, that's been calling you, they're probably talking about stretching it out. Yes, which you lowers know, the payment. Lowers the payment, but you're just, you're just delaying having to pay it back. Yeah, you're in debt longer. Um, so you actually end up paying more interest, you know, so that's not a good way to go. And lower interest rate isn't always a guarantee when you consolidate debts either, you know. I mean, when you look at the whole plan and, it, and the rubber meets the road at the end, sometimes the, those lower interest rates don't pan out. Um, and debt consolidation loans often come with fees, you know, for loan setup, you know, transfer balance, closing costs, and even annual fees. Um, and then debt consolidation doesn't mean debt elimination, you know. It just means they're piling it all together, stretching it out. So you're not really eliminating the debt any faster, and actually you're doing it slower in some cases, you know. that it's So it's not as effective, I think, as the debt snowball that, that Dave talks about, where you're paying the smallest debt first and then start piling those payments onto the bigger debts later. Um, but debt consolidation, it's, it's different from debt settlement, too. Um, you know, you, you got to recognize when you get a call from somebody who wants to consolidate or settle your debts, you know, they're, they're probably going to try to scam you out of thousands of dollars. So yeah, be careful. It can be expensive. And also at that first point of it, you're in debt longer is, is a big deal because you're going to end up paying more interest. And, um, you know, there's, there's different types of debt consolidation. The first one we're, we're kind of talking about here is where you have, you know, one big loan to cover all the smaller loans and it, and it does sound easy, but, um, you know, you're, you're have added fees, you're in, you know, in the debt longer. And sometimes the interest rate is not advantageous. So you got to be very careful with the debt consolidation. Uh, we also hear Steve talk, people talking about credit card balance transfers as a way to, to help. And, and it's just right. kind of shuffling things around. 
Yeah, that's right. I mean, these credit card balance transfers are another way that people try to consolidate debt, and that's where they move debts from from all their credit cards to a new one. They just put it on a new card. You know, and that method usually comes with a transfer fee, other various painful, you know, conditions, you know, like a huge spike in the interest rate on your new card. Um, If you make a late payment, um, you know, if you're struggling with credit card debt, having another credit card isn't going to solve the problem. Sure, you may get some temporary lower interest rate, but it's it's really just prolonging the, the inevitable. Yeah, and we see another um, you know type of debt consolidation, and people go out and get a home equity line of credit. Um, and some people use their home equity line of credit as a type of debt consolidation. And this is secured loan allows you to borrow cash against the current value of your home. You're basically using the equity, which is the difference between what you owe and the and the market value. And so with the HELOC, you're you're basically giving up a portion of your house that you actually own. And you're trading it in for more debt so you can pay off your other debts. And that's just not how you get ahead. And you're actually putting your house at risk by doing that. I mean, they can foreclose on you if you don't pay that type of debt. So that's a very risky way of, of consolidating debt, not something we would recommend. Um, we also see student loan consolidation. And there are some benefits here, Steve, that we see. Um, you know, there are some lower rates. Uh, if you have a, um, a private student loan, you can look into refinancing. As long as you, um, you know, you're looking at the interest rates and you're making sure that it benefits you. So we do see people um, consolidating student loans with the interest rate drops. That is a valid way to uh, reduce your interest rate and help you going forward. Yeah, that's right. So the question, you know, that comes up is, should I consider consolidating my debt? And we would say, you know, unless it's student loans and you're following the checklist we just talked about with that, then the answer is probably no. Um, you know, and so here are five reasons why you should skip debt consolidation. Um, first one is, you know, when you consolidate your loans, there's no guarantee you're going to get a lower interest rate. Um, the, the lender or the creditor, they'll set your new interest rate depending on your past payment history, behavior and credit score. And even if you qualify for the debt consolidation loan, with the lower interest rate, there's no guarantee that it's going to stay low. A lot of times it's temporary. Yeah. Another reason um, not to consolidate is uh, the lower interest rates always don't stay low, as you mentioned. Um, you know, that there can be a promotion associated with it for a certain period of time. But when when the interest rates go up, the payment's going to go up and it's going to it's going to be very painful. So uh, they, they there are teaser rates that they get people to uh, sign up with. Uh, also, another big deal is consolidating your bills means that you're going to be in debt longer. I mean, those lower payments are typically because they've extended out the length of the loan. Maybe you had three years left to pay on the you know the balance, and they've taken it out to six years. Well, you're going to be paying more interest over that time frame, and you're going to be in debt longer. So, um, and we also mentioned a minute ago, Steve, debt consolidation does not mean debt elimination. It's not going anywhere, right? It's it's being pulled into one payment typically, and you're you're still paying that out. But I think the biggest reason I've always heard Dave talk about this is. Um, you know, you got to have a behavior change on this. That's right. It's it's not really about the math. It's about the behavior, right? Yeah. I mean, your behavior with money doesn't change if you just consolidate your debt. You know, you're just you're just reshuffling the deck chairs on the Titanic. You know, I mean, most of the time after somebody consolidates their debt, the debt grows back. Why? Because they don't have a game plan. You know, to stick with a budget, to spend less than they make. You know, in other words, they haven't established a good money habits for staying out of debt and building wealth. And their behavior hasn't changed. So that's why 
you know, you can't expect your debt status to change, too, just because you consolidated your debt. I mean, debt consolidation doesn't fix the problems. It just kind of shuffles them around. Yeah, and another thing that, um, you know, debt consolidation does uh, is it hurts your credit score. Um, it's going to lower it, and uh, we're, we're certainly not necessarily fans of credit scores, and, and the Ramsey organization is not, but it, it does impact your credit score negatively. So uh, what are the alternatives? And, and the, the debt snowball, Steve, that you mentioned earlier um, is, is the way to go. It is a way to get through your debts. You take the smallest balance pay it off first, take that payment and go to the next one. And it starts to snowball, the payment does, and you're able to get out of debt faster. So try to stay away from consolidating debt. It's, um, it's not treating the, um, the, the, uh, it's treating the symptom, not the problem. And the debt, the debt snowball is the answer, is the way to get out of debt. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think the debt snowball is a great way to build some momentum and some excitement for getting out of debt, getting some of them behind you, start building that momentum and then start building up the payments going toward debt. Um, it's, I think it's a brilliant method, and, and I think it's by far the best way to get out of debt. So good topic. And that leads us up here to our final thing, and that is the prescription of the week. Yeah, Steve, as you mentioned in the, in the previous discussion about 401k millionaires, you have options um, when you leave a company. You can leave right. the 401k there. You can roll it to the new company. Uh, you can self-manage it or you can have a uh, an advisor help you. And one of the things we see with our clients, um, you know, when we get on the phone with the 401ks, it's it's a nightmare. I mean, there's there are times that we're on hold for 30 or 40 minutes and you get hung up on. And um, it's just very difficult with um, some of these 401k administrators to get through, to get someone who knows the answer, someone who is going to give you the right answer. And um, we... We struggle with our clients when we get on 401k calls because the processes are always different. And so, you know, one of the advantages of working with an advisor, whether it's us or someone else, is that, you know, you typically have someone locally that you can sit down at a table and work with. And, um, you know, there's there's different reasons to, uh, to, to move money to an IRA or keep it in a 401k, but that is one of them. Yeah, that's a big reason, you know. I mean, another reason is if you don't move, roll it over, oftentimes it just get, kind of gets orphaned, you know. I mean... It just, you don't check on it. You don't check the balance, you know, the risk level routinely. Allocations. Um, allocations, um, you know, and this is getting to be serious stuff whenever you get near retirement. So you, you have to make sure that you're taking care of the money you've accumulated for all those years, you know, with your blood, sweat, and tears. Yes. So you need to take that seriously, get some help, get it, roll it over to an IRA, at least pay attention to it. Don't just leave it in your old plan. I, I firmly believe that. Yeah, and uh, if you if you haven't listened to the prescription of the week on um, Facebook, go to Money MD because Sarah is doing a she does a pretty good skit on this. Yeah, yeah, she's uh, very very entertaining. You will enjoy yes. that. Okay, well, that brings us to a close for this week's edition of Money MD. Tune in next week to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Do check us out on our website, MoneyMD.net. And send us your questions. We'd love to hear from you. Or you can give us a call at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of the week. Have a good one. This program contains general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. This broadcast is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. SmartVestor Pro is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor. 